Welcome to the New York State Bar Association's Miranda Warnings. For all things legal and some that aren't, I'm Dave Miranda, past president of the New York State Bar Association and partner at the intellectual property law firm of Hesselin, Rothenberg, Farley, and Massidi. On today's Miranda Warnings, we are joined by Jack Hardin Young, who is senior counsel at Sandler Reef in uh, Washington, D.C. And in 2000, Jack was the election lawyer for then presidential candidate Al Gore. Uh, Jack also served as uh, past chair of the American Bar Association's senior lawyers section. Jack, uh, welcome to Miranda Warnings. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for being here with us. Uh, Jack is an election lawyer. And Jack, I'd like to talk about uh, your time as uh, an election lawyer in, in the year 2000, which is a very significant election in our country's history. Um, if you could, you were working for then-presidential candidate uh, Al Gore. Take us back to what was going on at election headquarters in November of 2000. Well, absolutely. Um, to set the stage, remember that this was an extremely close election uh, even before election night. Uh, both the vice president and the governor of Texas uh, had engaged in a series of um, debates that were were sort of a draw. We went to the polls on election day uh, not knowing uh, the outcome. And that's usually unusual in the sense that election days usually, other than the, the most recent one, we kind of have a sense of, of who's ahead and who's behind. On, a, on election day, um, I was in Nashville, which was our uh, election day headquarters, uh, along with my future partner, uh, Joe Sandler, um, basically doing uh, what lawyers do on election day. Uh, that is uh, advising um, people in the field as to um, how to solve problems. But with one exception, early on election day, we did hear some stories that there was confusion among the voters in Palm Beach, Florida. Now, Florida wasn't a particularly um, targeted state for Al Gore. Uh, the assumption was that he would carry his own state of Tennessee, and no one actually thought that he would not carry New Hampshire, a traditionally Democratic state. Uh, we were later to find out that in, in New Hampshire, Ralph Nader had cut into Al Gore's lead uh, and produced a result for uh, Governor of Texas, for Bush. So New Hampshire went for Bush. That's three electoral votes uh, that we didn't um, get, and then Tennessee did not go uh, for uh, Al Gore, even though he had been a senator, and his father had been a senator from Tennessee. So let's uh, set the stage here. We've got a close election. Al Gore actually ended up winning the uh, popular vote. He expected to win New Hampshire and Tennessee. If he won either one of those states, um, he would have had enough electoral votes. Um, and he ends up losing those two, so it all comes down uh, to Florida Florida's electoral college votes, and Florida was uh, about as tight um, as uh, could be in uh, a general election. You had uh, over or approximately six million votes, and you know the result was you know within a margin of of uh, five hundred 
uh, plus or minus. So you're seeing these returns coming in. You're at the Nashville headquarters. Um, what happens when you realize that you're not taking New Hampshire and Tennessee and that Florida is potentially up in the air? Well, all of a sudden, Florida, which was not a targeted state for Al Gore, becomes extremely important. And as I think some people may recall, the results went back and forth. Uh, the networks uh, declared um, Florida for, for Gore, then for Bush. Uh, Al Gore um, actually called the governor of Texas to concede and then called him back and, and um, unconceded, if there is such a word. Uh, and then we started to look at what the results in Florida were. The first thing that we did uh, is to put together a group of, of um, aides that would fly on um, Joe Lieberman's plane uh, to Tallahassee and begin uh, to look at uh, the results. In fact, um, the Joe um, Lieberman's plane became recount one. Um, so Joe Lieberman, obviously, at the time was uh, the vice presidential candidate with Al Gore. Um, his plane apparently was in Nashville, and you, and you uh, along with other uh, campaign staffers, flew on the plane from Nashville to Tal Tallahassee on the evening of uh, the election. Is that right? Well, it was, yeah, more like the morning uh, after the election. So, so you realize that it's too close to call. Uh, you're going to send a contingent down to Tallahassee. What time is this? Like 4 a.m. or something? It's, 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 it's roughly in, it's roughly um, between um, uh, three and six. We um, we fly to Tallahassee. Ron Klain, uh, who is going to head up uh, the overall effort, uh, Joe Sandler, uh, myself, and others um, fly to Tallahassee, and our first task. Uh, was to uh, try to get a handle on what had happened. Uh, and this is then where there's a departure uh, within our own uh, effort. Uh, some of us uh, wanted to take a look at the whole state, try to discern uh, where we could pick up votes. Uh, others wanted to focus on the four predominant uh, Democratic uh, jurisdictions, Volusia County, Palm Beach, Broward, and Miami-Dade. That becomes significant because that is the, for the first time uh, we have a difference of opinion within uh, the campaign. It won't be the, it won't be the last uh, a difference, but it's the first most significant. And so this is, the, this is the first strategy decision that you're making, whether to look at the four counties that you mentioned, or to to have a, or to look at all sixty-seven counties in in Florida. Now, this uh, strategy decision is making is being made on the plane ride to Tallahassee. No, this, Tallahassee? Is, this actually, it, this decision is made um, basically, I believe, uh, in uh, Washington, where the vice president uh, is um, huddling with his advisors uh, at his home. Um, uh, in Washington, the the debate about four versus the four counties versus the 67 counties will go on for a couple of days, and it is based on a 
difference of opinion within the campaign as to whether we ought to go forward in the four counties, try to get ahead. And if we got ahead, then some people believed within the campaign that the New York Times, the Washington Post would then uh, latch on to Al Gore as the winner. Uh, at the time we were we were looking at these results, Al Gore was slightly behind. And I say slightly is that the numbers on election day uh, and election night always change. These are unofficial results, and it's not until we start looking at certified results do you get a better idea as to what the final numbers are. There is a cardinal rule uh, in recounts, one that Chris Sonder, Tim Downs, and I uh, developed in a um, piece of work that we uh, called the Recount Primer, uh, which was intended for candidates to look at uh, right after uh, a tight election to try to figure out the strategy. And the point is this. If you're behind, make the recount as broad as possible. If you're ahead, make it as narrow as possible. Well, the Bush people clearly understood that principle. The Gore people at times did not. The idea about expanding it is if you're behind, you want to look everywhere you can for additional votes because you have to make up the difference. Of course, if you're ahead, you're happy with the process and all you want to do is, is duplicate it uh, from, from what was done on election night because you're happy with the results. Well, Jack, we had, you know, uh, for many of us, we were watching this unfold um, in the media at the time, and we didn't have a full understanding of the strategy uh, behind the scenes as to, you know, how this was going to play out. Um, is, it, is, is it safe to say that on the, uh, on the ground between the two parties, we had uh, leadership of uh, really dueling secretaries of state? Um, Bush had... James uh, Baker, former Secretary of State at the helm, and uh, Al Gore had on the ground uh, Warren Christopher, former Secretary of State. Um, these two individuals were um, at least uh, publicly the uh, leaders in, in uh, defining the strategy. Uh, with no disrespect to the former um, uh, Secretary uh, Warren Christopher, it was not an equal uh, that have come back. Um, James Baker had, had been a Democrat, had changed uh, parties um, for the senior um, President Bush. Uh, he was a politician. Uh, he was a strategist. Uh, Secretary uh, Christopher uh, was more of a diplomat. Uh, he wanted to see if we couldn't resolve the um, recount through some kind of negotiation. Right, and and... That's a very interesting um, description because um, in looking back on this, uh, Warren Christopher, in fact, was a diplomat uh, about this, uh, perhaps uh, to a fault. And James Baker considered this to be a street fight and approached it um, as though it was a, a street fight from purely political um, uh, direction. And that, I think, overarching strategy perhaps played out in the legal strategy um, that uh, eventually unfolded. Oh, I, oh, absolutely. And the other thing is that Warren Christopher was not there through, through the duration. Uh, Secretary Baker was. Uh, 
involved uh, from the from the start to the finish. Uh, you are correct that um, uh, Baker took this as a street fight. And interestingly enough, both sides uh, had lawyers who had been through recounts in the past. Van Ginsburg, a Republican, bright lawyer, had been involved in several recounts, recounts that, that Chris Schrader and I had been involved with. Uh, so he knew the rules. Uh, one of the differences was that uh, the strategies uh, started to, do, to significantly um, depart uh, between the two sides when you would have expected that they would have followed this, this sort of normal rule. Behind, go big. Ahead, go small, and, and so and so, Jack. The, so the first decision that's made, or or one of the first significant decisions, is to seek a recount in four of sixty-seven counties, and that obviously violates the first rule that you stated, which is um, if you're behind, you want it broad as possible. So you should, you would ordinarily then seek to have all sixty-seven counties, not just the four. Um, but that also posed another strategic problem, didn't it? that um, even if uh, Gore pulled ahead in those four counties, it would make it easier for Bush to contest uh, the fact that the other 63 counties uh, weren't counted. And so this kind of short-term strategy really had um, uh, a long-term impact um, because, first of all, it could be challenged even if it was successful. Secondly, uh, you, had a sh you had a shot clock here. I mean, you had to have this done um, and uh, so that uh, it, the uh, the vote the delegates could then go on December fourteenth. So you had a, a hard deadline. So the the use of four counties really proposed uh, provided some strategic um, uh, flaws. It, it did. It did in in that view. However, had we completed the four counties, uh, which which you can do pretty quickly. Uh, the idea was that that would then change the dynamics of, of who's ahead. And as Al Gore um, argues a week after the election, we would then do a statewide recount. Uh, one of the misconceptions is that recounts take a long time. Uh, but they don't. Uh, most of the time it's spent uh, arguing over procedures, process, uh, some training. Uh, but the recount itself uh, is done not on a statewide basis, but is done county by county. And the actual recounting of ballots uh, can be done in a fairly short period of time. Uh, even in Miami-Dade, which uh, later cut the recount short and stopped it, uh, didn't realize or didn't appreciate uh, that um, the counting itself uh, can take um, a week uh, and probably no more uh, unless you get into uh, artificial controversies. And when I say artificial controversies, a good example is that in Palm Beach, uh, the individuals that were handling that for Al Gore could not agree on basic principles of what constituted a vote. 
So in Palm Beach, every ballot was fought, up, fought over based on who it was perceived the ballot had been cast for. And so, so it was harder then for you to get these the recount done quickly um, because of that decision, right? That, that decision, and we had a, um, I think it's fair to say, an extremely biased Secretary of State, Secretary of State through the election um, office, uh, runs um, uh, the electoral process. That's true in most states. Uh, Harry Catherine Harris, who was Secretary of State, had also been uh, one of the co-chairmen of the Bush for President campaign. Uh, and as I think we, we see in a lot of the, a lot of the post-recount um, books and movies, um, she clearly was listening to operatives of the Republican Party. And the, the Florida Secretary of State, Catherine Harris, was in fact putting up hurdles to uh, the expedited recount by whether they were uh, either correct hurdles or incorrect hurdles, some of which were incorrect uh, hurdles, but nevertheless caused the ability to move forward to drastically slow down. And, and one, yes, that's absolutely true. And one of the real problems here and one of the lessons uh, is that there were no pre-election standards that you could apply in looking at uh, the ballots. Uh, In Florida, there were two sets of voting procedures. One was to use optical scan where you fill in the bubble, and the second was the famous uh, punch out uh, the squares in creating a chad. And so just just so we're just so we're clear, I mean the issue with that was the 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 punch out uh in some instances wouldn't go all the way through. And well, so it would look you could see that somebody um had in fact uh, indicated their intention for a particular candidate, but in fact the chad uh was not pushed all the th- all the way through and we had what was known as a hanging chad uh because it was just indented and not actually uh, counted as a vote. Absolutely correct. And one of one of the things that was annoying to me was that the parties and the press immediately picked up uh, names for uh, these uh, incomplete votes, calling it pregnant chad or uh, swinging doors, uh, kind of making that the, the process seem uh, to be somewhat trivial. Uh, when, in fact, these are votes. And we tried uh, to change that uh, discussion by calling them, you know, heavily indented votes. Uh, now, interestingly enough, this whole fight about uh, how the Chad, and remember Chad is, is both plural and singular, uh, is that you need to develop, if you don't have predetermined standards. You need to develop uh, standards through the, the election dispute process. So the standards that are developed through case law, that is adjudicated standards, which were being developed. <clears throat> and what we started to see, at least in Broward and in Palm Beach, uh, was that it is most likely that much of the debate over over what kind of ballot had been cast, that is, how, 
how far we want to go into slight indentations or deep indentations, uh, was that probably a middle-of-the-road standard would have been as beneficial to Al Gore as anything. Yeah, but you know, aren't 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 we kind of proven the point here by by the fact that you had to get into this wrangling over what constitutes a Chad that should be considered? Haven't you just lost the battle because the discussion uh, for, of something that is certainly has you know had not had that kind of significance before the time that you're spending on which Chads to count and not count has in fact uh, sealed the deal uh, for not. A, not being able to be successful um, because that legal, legal wrangling over that could uh, take weeks or months and what you you needed to have you needed to have a result that could be contested one way or another um, relatively quickly not necessarily uh, because part of the trick here is uh, and this is the second uh, place where there's a departure within the, the Gore campaign is once you create uh, a standard in a recount, then you can apply it uh, to the remainder of the ballot. For example, but you had you had you you know we had sixty-seven counties. You had four that you were working on, and each of them was applying a different standard. And just by its very nature, um, it would be it would it would if this was contested, um, it would be hard to argue that the standards were all equal or the same. And so you were, what, doesn't that set it up for disaster, even if there is success? Well, it, it, make, it, makes, it, it makes it extremely difficult, but not disaster. Because here's the point, if we can determine and agree, all agree that uh, a particular ballot is to be counted for the candidate, irrespective of which candidate uh, it is actually voted for, we can start to set standards uh, that come out of now the process. And there's nothing wrong with developing post-event standards if we can, if we can find a way uh, to validate them. And here's the best example. Uh, in, in Palm Beach, uh, we didn't do that. Uh, so if a ballot looked like it had been cast for uh, Governor Bush, the Gore people objected to it. The identical ballot, if it had been cast for the vice president, the other side would object to it, even though they are identical ballots. In Palm Beach, something very different happened. But isn't that? But isn't that a strategy? Isn't that a, a proper strategy for the uh, the party that's uh, got the lead, just to to object to you know everything and have it uh, delayed? Uh, knowing that uh, they get the Secretary of State in their in their back pocket, and these this election is going to be certified. If you let it, if you if you let it happen that way, uh, yes. But that's not necessarily what has to happen. For example, in Palm Beach, we allowed early, uh, and we did the same thing in Volusia. We allowed early uh, that the Bush people could actually argue and win uh, certain uh, positions as to what a ballot looked like. So uh, in Volusia, something that was uh, circled one way or the other, or where the person had also written in a, in, um, a write-in, write in early on, I allowed that 
to be accepted with the idea that we would set a standard. Now, we had done enough research that in the ones that we accepted, that is where we said to the Bush people, all right, that's, that's your vote, and we now set uh, that as a rule, we knew that we had four times, sometimes five times more ballots that look like that uh, when it's done than the Bush people did. So we're setting a standard, and then we, as the process goes on, just beat that standard to death with our own ballots, and we get ahead. And, for example, in Belusia, uh, Al Gore is up a net 98 votes because of that strategy. So you're, you're, you're you know, in this ground war, um, which is, uh, I guess, being attacked uh, in different ways, but we also, there's also a litigation strategy. Uh, obviously, from from the camp that you were in, they wanted it to be in state court um, because there was uh, a greater likelihood of success. And um, in in the Bush camp, they wanted it to be in federal court because uh, they were hoping that it would ultimately be decided by the Supreme Court, where they felt at least they had a shot. Um, and so um, the Republicans challenged the recount. Right in in the Florida District Court, um, and were unsuccessful. But that ended up being a successful strategy because they're then able to take it up to the to the Supreme Court. Let's talk a little bit about what was going on in the in the legal strategy here that ended up being determinative, um, regardless of what was going on on the ground. Well, two, two things. I don't think there was anyone. Uh, in either camp that originally thought that the federal courts would would be involved in what was a state court matter. Um, Now, there there is a difference in how the two campaigns are organized. Uh, The Republicans had uh, organized around concepts. For example, they had Ted Olson, who's a brilliant um, uh, advocate, a good friend, was concentrating on precisely this federal litigation. The Gore campaign was more an amalgamation of people doing everything. So we had no uh, team that was actually looking at uh, this litigation strategy in the same way. Now, the matter did go first to the state courts. And one of the things that happened is that the state Supreme Court would not pronounce a standard that could be applied to the then ongoing recounts. The reason they didn't is there was a fear uh, that if they did, this would be creating a post-election standard and that that would affect uh, the process in such a way that uh, this would end up uh, simply being something that the legislature would take over. The floor legislature was Republican and that legislature would then select uh, the electors uh, for the Electoral College, and they would be obviously pro-Bush. So, this, so the Florida Supreme Court leaves it up to the uh, local uh, counties to, well, they, right? They, they, they more or less, yeah, they more or less pumped. Uh, and the, that, the first case actually goes up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, in the Palm Beach case, sends it back. Uh, sends it back, and I believe, 
at that point believed that the Florida Supreme Court would, in fact, take hold of the matter, announce some standards, and see where we were going to come out in a recount. Realizing that we still hadn't brought a contest, uh, so there was still time. Uh, we start to run out of time uh, when we realize uh, that the Supreme Court of Florida doesn't give us this clear standard. Uh, and then we have basically uh, a, a mini trial over a weekend uh, where um, what can't happen is the proof of what would Al Gore position B, if the recounts in the four counties uh, had been completed, they were stopped in Palm Beach and in um, Miami-Dade, they had been completed in Broward and Volusia. And one of the real problems was that while we could show the difference, and we could show by what standard uh, in three of the counties, Palm Beach, because it had been a, uh, literally a war, of, of people arguing over which ballots to count and which ballots not to count, had 3,000 ballots that you didn't know what they were. Uh, we would have been better off had we done what we did in Miami-Dade and characterized each of them, where Miami-Dade, uh, I could tell you how many uh, votes uh, were swinging cat, how many were, were deep in Indents, how many were but in the end it, in the end it doesn't matter right because we have the Secretary of State we have the Secretary of State that says uh, that time is up and we're going to certify the ballots that we have right now in place that are favorable to 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 Bush at this time and um, the you had the Florida Supreme Court which even on remand doesn't propose even on remand the Supreme Court um, suggested to go back to them to propose a standard. They don't do that. And so now you have a, uh, a certified uh, election by the Secretary of State in Florida. And now we go back to the courts now because now it's being contested, right? Because this is the last chance and, to contest it. And, and, and here's, what, here's, where the, here's where the Supreme Court of Florida uh, really helps Al Gore. It's, it finally says we're going to have a statewide in fact, the ballots in Miami data are brought to Tallahassee. Uh, we are now going to count everything uh, that's over and under votes. They say under votes, but when, when you actually look at the ballots, you just count it. Uh, there's no finesse between whether it's over or under. It's what's the ballot say. And, Jack, we we had, there were about 175,000 total uncounted votes in, in that Florida election, right? That ballots that had never been counted, never been counted, is the significant part. Right, mm -hmm. and so so now they call for a statewide recount. But when is this now? What's the what? Where are we in, in now, on the date? Now we're talking. The statewide recount starts on the morning of December 9th. Starts at nine o'clock. Nine o'clock across the state, we have people in place, including uh, uh, retired judges. Uh, looking at the ballots and counting them, and we are watching uh, these ballots, writing down actually how they're counted, not only for Bush, for Gore, but also writing down, is this a swinging cat? Is this a 
deep in debt is the minor in debt. And then, so then, what? How long does that go on for, Jack? Uh, because it goes on it's... for goes on for a couple hours until uh, it is announced that the recount has been stopped. It stopped because a stay was entered uh, before lunch by the United States Supreme Court, uh, saying that, uh, in particular, in Nino Scalia's um, uh, opinion on the stay, uh, that since it was standardless, uh, it would um, have led to chaos uh, and that there's no result. Now, what is missed in all of this is that there was a single magistrate, uh, Judge Terry Lewis, who would look at all of the challenges and make a decision as what would be counted and what wouldn't be counted. This is why this characterization makes some sense. So uh, Judge Lewis could have been asked, let's count all swinging cash because that's clear that that's what the voter's intent was. And the statute provides that the voter intent is uh, going to be our lodestar. So the, uh, the, the, the recount has stayed, which at this point on December 9th is a, a, really a death blow. Uh, because you're, you're, the clock is ticking, you're running out of time. And um, is there, uh, then there's arguments again back at the Supreme Court. There's, there's, right? there's, there's arguments back at the Supreme Court. One of the, the things that uh, is probably a strategic error is, is we all had agreed that for the safe harbor provisions of the Electoral Count Act, the Federal Act, we would decide we would agree that December 12th uh, was the last date uh, that you could be counting ballots. And the safe harbor uh, would say that then those ballots were not contestable um, in a counting by the electoral college, the electoral college uh, appointed by each of the states, and that you could not challenge uh, the the individual states a determination of who uh, the electoral college uh, would vote for uh, by the states. So it did, the, the ninth is, and this is probably the most critical uh, part of the Supreme Court process and one that can be criticized the most in that a federal court interferes in a state process that is ongoing in that state to count ballots of the voters of that state that will then direct the state electoral college members as to how to cast their ballot. But nevertheless, it did, and uh, the counting stopped. And then December 12th, the, 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 what you referred to as the, you know, the last of the safe harbor dates, September 12th is the date when the Supreme Court actually issues its decision uh, uh, confirming this, right? Uh, that's the the famous Bush v. Gore decision, right? And it, and and even within uh, the dissent, there is a, a continuing argument that that December twelfth is not the final date uh, that they could continue, but it is the stay uh, that is the most pernicious uh, of all of the decisions, in that it never allows us. You know what the results would have been. 
uh, had, this, had the counting gone on, uh, the recount could have been completed uh, probably uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, uh, when it started on the 9th, which was, I believe, a Saturday. So it shows that recounts themselves uh, can happen very quickly and effectively. Um, a statewide recount, for example, in um, the um, Attorney General's race in Virginia, followed Bush versus Gore by a couple of years, uh, the recount itself happens over two days. Uh, in a state that is um, somewhat comparable in size to Florida, a little smaller, but the process is the same. You just increase the number of people who are at the tables, uh, supervised by election officials, counting the ballots. And anything that's challenged uh, then is adjudicated uh, in Virginia by a three-judge court, uh, and that later becomes then the adjudicative standard. Well, Jack, uh, and, and we all know how, it, so that ended it, and uh, Bush won Florida and, and became uh, our president and served for two terms. And uh, Al Gore moved on to uh, fighting uh, climate change. We thank you for your insights on this uh, very much. Uh, it's, it's just very, so fascinating to talk to someone that had, had been so integrally involved in this uh, important aspect of our of our, our nation's elections. Jack, we have a feature on Miranda Warnings called Movie, Book, or Music, where we get to talk about any movie, book, or music that uh, you'd like, any sort of artistic performance that you want to share with our listeners. Is there um, a, anything in that realm, uh, either related to this or not related, that you'd like to share? Well, related to it, there are two great books, uh, and they're very different. The, the first one is a book called Down and Dirty, by Jake Tapper, which uh, kind of picks up the flavor and the language uh, of the process. Uh, and it's a good kind of description of what was going on. Uh, the second book is a, is a far more um, uh, scholarly work by Jeff Tubin, who now we see on CNN and, and all of that, uh, called Too Close to Call, which is analytically um, a solid book as to what happened, uh, and the different strategies. And it's those two books that are really the foundation for uh, almost all of the subsequent discussions of, of um, Bush versus Gore or Gore versus Bush, then, depending on how you view it. Uh, there is an HBO movie that's not bad um, in conveying the, the overall um, Events, uh, although it's it's as as everything is dramatized some parts and and kind of downplayed others. A movie called um, Recount. Um, so the movie Recount um, uh, is a is a movie from about ten years ago, and you are actually portrayed uh, in that movie by. Who was the actor that portrayed you? Oh, oh one, of the, one of the best actors ever in the world. Uh, well, who else? Most underrated. Who else would most it be? Most underrated. Bradley uh, Cooper? Steve, Bradley Cooper? No, Steve, Steve DeMoshe. <laughs> Steve DeMoshe. Uh, I'm not sure what else he's ever done, uh, but this was certainly, <laughs> I'm sure, a highlight of his career. Well, it's it's tough to be typecast as, uh, as Jack Harden Young, isn't it? Um, 
So, uh, Jack, thank you very much for your for your time and for your uh, for your expertise here, uh, enlightening us. Uh, Jack Harden Young, uh, election lawyer, talking about uh, Bush v. Gore in 2000. Thank you very much, Jack. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. This has been the New York State Bar Association's Miranda Warnings for all things legal and some that aren't.